what caught my attention in this email was one sentence that Darby said. Out of all that, this is what caught my attention. Such a sad world to raise my children in. Pastor Chad Warren, Montana man, mountain man, back on the podcast. Back. One of the all-time favorite guests. <laughs> and we are just talking before we started the camera. You are starting a podcast called Take and Read. The Take and Read podcast, yeah. For those that have followed this podcast long enough, you've heard Chad talk about this with me. Um, it is what we're kind of calling it is the next level to this podcast, mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the deeper level. Yeah. So, so if you hear something, um, if you hear something that we reference from the Bible, and you want to hear it, a deeper analysis of it. I, I say that kind of lightly because it's also going to be um, for anyone yeah, to hear. Exactly. I think similar to what we get to enjoy here, and then other people watch it. Yeah. We have questions. They're deep questions. Some of them are not deep questions, but. It's two guys just off the cuff, no preparation. And there are so many times in our interactions where whether we're getting tacos or grabbing a cup of coffee, we bring up a passage of scripture and that leads to something else. And we just are all of a sudden off to the races and we're chewing on the word and we're getting into life. And what does it mean? How does it affect the way that I'm a dad? How does it affect the way I'm a husband or a brother or a friend? And, and so it'll be a lot of that where we'll just start with a passage of scripture yep. and no preparation. In fact, you're going to be on it and then we'll just switch chairs. I'll be over All here. Right. You'll Sounds be here. good. <laughs> and we'll just read a passage and then just talk about it and see where it goes. How do we kind of unpack that as, as men of God? For those listening, this is a normal thing for Chad and I. We'll go, like you mentioned, we'll go get lunch, we'll get tacos and... This podcast that you're listening to now is really just an extension of these kind of conversations. Mm-hmm. The way that we have this set up is if you have a question, anything in the world, and you would like it answered, you email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. And then here's Chad and I, and we're eating, we're eating tacos together with you. And you ask it in a way that you just say, hey, man, I've got something in my heart I want to share with you guys. It's about my career or about my girlfriend or about my my grandmother or about my dog or could be anything could be about fishing could be about hunting we've talked about all these things and could i get y'all's opinion on it and then you get to kind of sit at the table with us as we're having tacos and just like chad and i do with our lives with each other and chad is so great that's why i have him as a guest that we get to just talk about it together Mm -hmm. so and you get the advantage of maybe you hear a question that somebody else asked bingo and it's not yeah. You maybe you never knew you had that question yeah. or you're too afraid or you didn't know who or where to go with it. And now you're going to benefit from at least Granger and I <laughs> we're going to be candid. Benefit might honest. be a loose word in some situations. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I I'm going to I'm going to jump right into this. So you want me to hit you with something right off the bat, Chad? This okay. this subject line is government mandate. Oh, there we go. Here we go. We're going to be talking about masks. Here we go. Come on. We'll find out. It says, hey, Granger, I'm just wondering how you feel about the government and all the mandates. How are they pressuring everyone to get the jab and wear masks again? Do you see the light at the end of the tunnel with all of this? 
such a sad world to raise my children in. Frowny face. I'm definitely not planning on getting the jab. What are your thoughts? Thank you for your amazing podcast. God bless you and the Smith family. Darby. I don't know where Darby's from, but thanks for writing, Darby. What caught my attention in this email was one sentence that Darby said. Out of all that, this is what caught my attention. Such a sad world to raise my children in. Hmm. And I rebuke that thought. I hear people say that. And I rebuke that thought for so many reasons. And I'll, I'll just start by saying all human beings are brought into the world for a time such as this. Hmm. This is their time. I was just thinking you that. You were. Esther. Yes. Yes. It, it's, it fires me up. And when people say, oh, such a tough time to raise children. And Darby, I'm not using that. I'm not saying that in that way to belittle your concern because it's a true concern for you and probably for a lot of people. But what I'm saying is I'm trying to fire you up to say, this is a good time. This is a good time to raise good children. This is a good time to raise little warriors. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I love that. And you know, the, the old, the old adage that says that good times make weak people, weak people make bad times, bad times make strong people. And it's just, this is how this little, this cycle goes. And so we've had good times in the past. My generation was, was great. Kids born in the seventies, eighties and nineties. We had it really good. Um, and I think we're, we're starting to, we're going to see a trend where it's going to get tough. And then the kids that are being raised right now that are raising a tough time are going to be strong. Mm -hmm. And then those strong kids are going to grow up and create good times. What do you think about all this stuff, Chad? Yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, your generation, we have we had certain things that were good and bad. And I remember even when I was a kid, my grandparents and parents, uncles, aunts saying, man, you guys have it so easy mm-hmm. you know, back in my day. And, and so you just, like each generation sees its own challenges and yeah. ease and compares it to the next. And, and so I think, yeah, it's, it's, our kids are born for such a time as this. Yes. They, they won't know a, a world where you could just wait at the gate for your loved ones to come off the plane. That, that world's gone. Yeah. That changed 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, so it's, things are, are changing, but they are, this is the time. This is the time they were brought into the world intentionally, sovereignly. Supposed to be born and supposed to be raised in this time, Darby. And so I think for Darby and for any of us who lament some of the challenges that we're experiencing and, and we just, we reflect on our own upbringing and maybe the freedoms we had that, you know, like, like I can't, I, my mom would send me outside on a Saturday and I wouldn't be home till like, and she'd send me out in the morning and I wouldn't be home till like after dark and she mm-hmm. had no worries. And, and we don't live in a world where like, yeah. my kids can't do that. Yeah. Uh, but there are other opportunities they have that I didn't have. And, and so trying to embrace them, but yeah, I think I'm asking myself, what are the principles that are important for my kids to gain? Not necessarily just the experience that they're supposed to have. Yeah. And helping to infuse them and their, their experience with those principles is key. So I wonder what Darby, what principles he thinks, you know, we had the benefit of, or he had when he was a kid and 
what experiences brought about those learning those principles and then how can he create those opportunities for his own kiddos? But yeah, yeah, the whole mask thing. I mean, did he ask if you're going to get the poke? He didn't. He just said, what do we think about it? He said, I'm definitely not. And then he said, how are they pressuring everyone? Well, we know how they are. Yeah. They're taking, they're taking the liberties that they want to take. Um, how are they pressuring everyone to get the jab and wear the mask again? Uh, yeah, I asked myself about the mask thing. I asked myself the same thing. I think there's just common sense that when you sit down at a table and you take it off and then you put it back on and then you take, you, you touch your face. I mean, that's just common sense. Yeah. Um, but here's what, here's what I think. Here's what I know. And I'm, I'm not going to act like I know anything more than anybody else, but the virus is very contagious. It's affecting a lot of people. I think at some point it will directly affect every human being on the earth. Probably mm-hmm. at some point, I think, um, I think we all need to be bold enough to live with it, to yeah. live our lives safely. However you want to be safe. If you're, if you're at high risk, um, do what you have to do, but we're going to have to live our lives. Yeah. And I think one of the things that we have to wrestle with is what does it mean to honor or submit to or be a citizen when we feel like our rights are being violated? And, you know, what what does that look like? Um, Those are things that we have to wrestle with. And they're not hard. And what 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 frustrates me is the the way that it is becoming so divisive. If you, you know, if you were wearing a mask or not wearing a mask, you were making a statement mm-hmm. and you were put into a, a camp or a category. And it shouldn't be. And that that's rough. Yeah. So, yeah, we gotta we gotta move forward with wisdom, winsomely, and representing truth, but with a lot of humility, a lot of grace, a lot of patience. Yeah, totally agree. This subject is so beaten down that we don't need to talk anymore on this so podcast. Usually it, you start out with, Hey, have I you know. ever driven a tractor? I know. Sorry. You That's why I told swinging. you I'm coming, I'm coming right at you. <laughs> um, I, when, you, when I set up this, I wasn't really, uh, putting it in any kind of order. I was just okay, like, Hey, this is truly so, non-rehearsed. Yeah, this is non-rehearsed. Oh, I'm, I'm going to hit you next. I'm going to hit you with one called for you and pastor Chad. Oh, cool. Oh man. <laughs> Here it is. Same question? Here it is. No, it's okay, different. Yeah. Here it is. It says, hey, Mr. Smith and Pastor Chad, what are your views on predestination? I respect you and your faith and your willingness to speak freely about it. And predestination is a pretty complex idea. So I'm curious what you both think. Thanks. This is Joe from Iowa. Um, Good. Another softball question. Another, just <laughs> e- another easy one out of the gate. So, so we should um, we should kind of build this. For listeners, in a simple way, to, to kind of say what, first of all, what Joe's even talking about, mm. and then we could say what we think about it. Um, this, simply put, uh, predestination is the idea, a, a a biblical idea that God knew from the beginning who His chosen people are that's as simple as i could put it yeah that that god actively predestines some Mm -hmm. to salvation yeah and the rub that people have is that immediately means 
or by implication that God then predestines some yeah. to hell. Yeah. So some people might be thinking, well, that's a terrible thought. Why would you even discuss it? We, we discuss it because it's actually written that way in the Bible mm-hmm. with actually that word predestined. Um, so uh, the way that uh, I, know, I know Chad's heart, and we've talked about this subject many times together, so I know, I know how he feels about it. Um, and it could be, it could be treated delicately. It doesn't have to be because it's not my word. I'm just the mess. I'm just the deliverer of the mail. I'm not the, I'm right. not the, I'm not the composer. You're of not the, the one mail. that invented the word I or just even deliver it. So I don't have to feel weird about it. Um, but there, there are two, there are two components to a, a Christian or a human being saved grace and faith. And Amber put this, I'm, then I'm going to let you tell your story about okay. the basketball team. Yeah, yeah. But Amber told me this, and I thought it was so interesting, but grace and faith are like two parallel lines. And I've heard this many times. They're like two parallel lines that only intersect in heaven. Hmm. But she, she put it like, um, what do you call the people in the circus that are on the, the rings? Uh, the, trapeze? The trapeze, yeah. The, the, the people that hold the rings. I, I guess they know. have it in, in gymnastics, too, where like they swing on the rings. Oh, yeah. So it's like grace and faith are like two rings, and they're on a pulley. So they, they, are, they coexist. You have to have both to stabilize yourself, but you can't let go of one or you'll, you'll lo- completely lose balance. And so how that balance exists is a mystery. And it's no human knows the, the impact of faith, belief, believe and you'll be saved or grace because it's it's they coexist there there are parallel lines um and that's why and so that's why joe's saying this is this is complex so this idea is complex before before you go um and just blow our minds (laughs) i have to say that this idea, and I've said, I've said, kind of alluded at this before in this podcast. Don't ever let this kind of stuff stump you, or trigger you, or um, make you doubt. If if any way that you start thinking this, this is not fair. This is not. I'm doubting. Then just stop. It's not necessary for everyone to go through this in their mind and completely dissect how they feel about it. Um, but but I, I would encourage you as you read your Bible to to see it, circle that stuff, mm-hmm. and you'll see it a lot. You'll see you'll see Paul and Peter and John and Jesus talk about this a lot, and so it's interesting to circle it and go, oh, chosen, 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 predestined, elected. Okay, go ahead, Chad. Yeah, I think I remember struggling with this as a new believer, yeah. whether or not I was okay with a God that would pick some and not others. I mean, that's really what it came down to for me. And and so, like Joe says, it is complex because there's, it just, it, it seems unfair. It seems like, well, how come some people get picked and not others, especially if it's not anything that they've done? How mm-hmm. could he do that? And then they start to question the character of God or is God loving if he's like that? Um, and, you know, if he, if, if, if people just have no say in the matter. And 
I think what you're saying is there is this mystery in our activity and our role in exercising faith and obedience to Christ. And there's also God's sovereignty just showing up and arriving and him opening our eyes to see things. And I can tell from my own story that I was not looking for him. It's mm-hmm. not because I'm somehow clever or yeah. I found the secret sauce. Like I was running away from him and he completely disrupted me. Yeah. And so I can't take credit for me too. this this awareness or understanding of who God is. He did that um, and revealed that to me. But some of the ways that we, I think it's important to understand is that we all, in, in this human condition, we would identify as Christians, we would say that all have sinned, yeah. all fall short. So there, it isn't as though God is, is taking this group and saying, I'm going to make you sinners and you're going to go to hell, and I'm going to make you non-sinners and you're going to go to heaven. But the reality is the whole human race is fallen, broken, and sinful. And so then why is it that a God that we would say is loving and good and perfect and righteous, why would he choose some to then escape that fate? That's the big question. And what we see throughout the Bible, whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament, God is a God that picks. He chooses. Mm -hmm. He selects. He predestines. And it starts with Abram. And he calls Abram, who is not... A, a godly man. He just was in obscurity, but he calls him and makes, and he says, I'm going to make a people out of you. And out of paganism. Really. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Total pagan. And he tells Abram, which he later names Abraham, uh, that I'm through you. I'm going to make you a name. I'm going to make a name for you. I'm going to give you des- descendants as numerous as the stars. And through you, all nations will be blessed. Yeah. So all of a sudden he selects this one guy and it's through him that all nations are going to come to be blessed by Abraham. So he's picking one to bless the rest. We see that again with the people of Israel. There are time and time again where through Israel he's going to interact with the people so that the watching world sees what kind of God he is and the way that he blesses these people as they walk in obedience. Well, they don't over and over again. But again, he allows them to come back when they repent of their sin, they come back. And the watching world gets to see a God of power, a God of grace. And then we enter the New Testament, and it's made very clear that what God is doing through his son, Jesus Christ, is drawing people to himself. And all of a sudden, and now it's not just the Jews, the chosen people, but now it's what the Bible calls Gentiles, all those non-Jews, that's you and me, mm-hmm. are now included and so what, what God is, is saying is that the boundaries are moving out and all these different kinds of people are being brought in. And so the reason why he chooses some is to draw the rest. And there's a, 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 a board picture that a friend of mine always tells. Um, he's a pastor out in New York. And he says, imagine it this way, that, that you have, you're in this high school basketball gym. And you've got this this phenomenal basketball team. They're the visitors, and they've come to play. And they are clearly high-caliber, talented team, best of the best. And what God does is he looks around, and, and, and he, instead of choosing, like, the varsity squad for your home team, he goes 
out of the basketball court area, through the double doors that exit the gym, around the corner, and he finds the group of smokers and emo kids and the people that are just angry and, you know, (laughs) just hate sports and have a chip on their shoulder and, you know, eyeliner, all that kind of stuff. And he picks those kids and he says, you're my team. And he brings them in and coaches them in such a way that they excel beyond all of the best basketball players in the gym to the extent that now all of the jocks that he overlooked, they want to play on that team. Like that's, that's what God's doing when he picks. He's picking for the purpose of mission. Yeah. He's trying to draw others to himself. You, Joe, you asked Pastor Chad and you got it. You know, when it comes to this kind of stuff, it's interesting to think about if you think, I believe. So then you could ask, but why do you? Mm-hmm. Did Was that belief given to you or did you create it on your own? Because the Bible says we should have nothing to boast about in, the, in, in our salvation. Nothing. And to an extent, you could boast that you believed and others didn't. So that can't be real. Mm-hmm. If you... If you are not saved, you are in active rebellion. You are someone that says, absolutely not. I want nothing to do with it. If you're questioning and you're like, but am I? Uh, That's the person I want to talk to. Yeah. If you're questioning that, if you're thinking maybe you are, then maybe you are. Right? And so then... Uh, it, it, there's those parallel lines, you know, then, so like, what are you balancing on? Are you balancing on God's grace? Or are you balancing on your right. own belief? And I love that it's a mystery. And I think if it was, if it was perfectly clear cut, we could just say, check that box. We're done. See you in heaven. But, but because it's not clear cut, it's complicated. We want to read more and we want to underline, we want to circle those words and we want to go, what does that word mean? Why? But why should, do I need to be, what, how do I need to be getting closer and, and it becomes a lifetime of this. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that was by design. Yeah. It was by design. Um, thank you. Appreciate you, Joe. Shout out to Iowa. Stu, we got another question coming up. Like, can or, it be like what my favorite color is? <laughs> yeah, I don't or... know, dude. <laughs> How about this one? This one says my career. Surely oh, this is going to go easy on great. Yeah. My career. Hey, Granger, my name is Landon. I'm from Boise, Idaho. I love your show. I was, uh, and I, it was wonderful. If you could please, sorry, I'm going to read this right. It would be wonderful. I'm just correcting a little bit of your writing, Landon. It'd be wonderful if you could answer this question on your podcast. I'm 14, and for all 14 years of my life, I've wanted to pursue my dream of being a police officer. Do you have any tips on how to stay productive and ways to reach my dream job? without giving up or blindly choosing to pursue something different. Thank you. I hope you have an amazing day. Appreciate you, Landon. Boise, Idaho. I love Boise. Um, 14, good age. And he says blindly choosing to pursue. He's predestining himself to. Finally. <laughs> but he's choosing. <laughs> well, this is a good one, Chad. This, we don't have to get in trouble with this. Um, yeah, and it doesn't apply to just whether you want to be a police officer or not, nope. right? It's nope. If you, if you've if you've got a dream and there's a there's something you want to do with your life, what what are the best steps? Like, how did you? When did you want to become a musician? We were just talking 14, about this, actually, right here. 
14. Um, so you can't go to academy at 14. You can't train really in any way. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it, what is required to become a police officer. You know, obviously you need to know the law, study the law, but that's all stuff they'll teach you. There's, I don't know if watching Law and Order is, is <laughs> right. a good thing or a bad thing because I'm sure it's not like it's portrayed in the TV shows. There's but. probably a lot of law enforcement officers listening. Comment below if you're watching on YouTube. Comment below um, if you could help Landon out. I mean, it, I think it starts with get good grades. You know, work hard. If you don't get your high school diploma, if you fail out, you're not going to go to the academy, right? I'm assuming yeah. you're not going to yeah. get accepted to the, like a lot of these academies are pretty strict. Um, so your, your, your first, your first tiered goal right here, Landon, is to get into a good academy that you want. So I would go boom to their w- website. Um, maybe you want to be an Idaho state trooper. I don't know. Just throwing that out there. That's probably, probably, uh, one of the more difficult law enforcement groups in Idaho, the, the troopers. So you go to their website and you go to applications or or the next time, the next uh, event that they're hosting, and you just go down the checklist of what it takes. You know what? How old do you have to be? What yeah. kind of degree do you have to have? What kind of uh, physical training do you have to have? Um, or you have to run a, you have to run five miles under this time. Okay, well now you got something to work for. Yeah, you got a goal. Yeah, I mean I can relate to that because when I was thirteen, fourteen. My older brother, who was in the Navy, turned me on to this these this group called Navy SEALs. Yep. And I was like, I want to do that. And now I'm not going to be able to enlist at 14 or anything like that, but he got me the, the physical entrance requirements, and I was far from them. But I had some goals. I had to get my run time down. I had to be yep. able to swim, just pull up, push up. So there were certainly those types of things. What I wish I would have been able to do in order to get a better idea is to be around it, like to be around Mm -hmm. that community Mm -hmm. and see what, you know, their family life was like, what was, you know, because all that I knew was what was portrayed in the media and it's going to be hyped up. And, and I mean, I'm sure now there's a lot more accurate portrayals of it, but back, back then, I mean, in the early nineties, there wasn't a lot of material out there. And so I guess, like if my own son, who's 13, he's got things that he wants to do and things he wants to be. And so I try to just get him around people that do that Mm -hmm. to let them speak into that because he may have an idea of what it is. And it's, it's not that it's maybe romanticized or, so I don't know if you, when you can start going on ride alongs or that's a great point. I bet you there's some kind of clinic going on that do maybe do like a summer clinic or, um, there's, there's always land and there's always the idea of you go and you get a job there at, in the mailroom or taking out the trash right. and you say, Hey, I'll, I, I want to do this. I, I want to do whatever it takes. Do you, do you have anybody in the mailroom that needs help? I will intern. I'll do it for free. Um, I want to take out the trash. I want to, I want to clean the garden beds <laughs> of, the, of the precinct. Um, but I just, I think Landon, there's there's got to be a checklist that you can get into pretty easy after you listen to this podcast. You can get in and just make you a little short list and go. I got to run this kind of mile. I got to lift this kind of weight. I have to have this kind of grade at school. Um, 
And, and other than that, what Chad said, just absorb it around you. Get, get involved as much as you can. Don't forget to live your life as a 14-year-old kid. Yeah, be 14. Be 14. And maybe get into trouble. I was going to say the I same mean, thing. Get into trouble. Get on the other then side of it. you can see what it's like. <laughs> Go steal a bike. No, don't do that. Just totally kidding. Um, yeah. Love it. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Hey, Landon, there's not a lot of kids that are, that are having this dream. So much respect. Um, I, I wish that we had a, an entire generation like you that says, I, I love law enforcement. This is all I've ever wanted to do. I have no aspirations past that. I think that's, that's awesome, buddy. Mm-hmm. So hats off to you. And uh, we're going to be in Boise, man, in, in like um, August 25th, somewhere in the 20s. So like, we'll, we'll see you soon. Hopefully. Yeah, it's beautiful up yeah, there. It's so beautiful. You need me to carry your bags on it yeah i need to carry your bags (laughs) we're gonna take a break be right back podcast brought to you guys today by cameo.com have you tried cameo have you got the app have you gone to the website this is an awesome way to keep in touch with me at a personal level say you have a question that you wanted me to answer on this podcast i haven't answered it yet Well, you could ask it on Cameo, and I could send you a video message of me answering it. It's super simple. Go to Cameo.com slash Granger Smith. You could find me. You could download the app. It makes it even easier. You could search in the search tab for Granger Smith. You pull me up. Ask anything you want. Or or you could could tell me to, to say happy birthday to your kid or your wife or your husband or happy anniversary or good luck on the football game coming up this week. We've been talking about a lot about football on this podcast. So um, there's, I could say anything you need me to say, and it's really cool. You're going to get it in form of like a FaceTime message. It looks like I just sent you a video message from my phone, which is exactly what I'm doing. Um, it's super simple for me. I can go on there and I could read. I could find out all the details about you. And it's a very personal way to send it as a gift. A lot of these that I do, are gifts. And I'll be saying like, Hey, Sarah, I just heard from your husband, Mike, and he told me it's your birthday. So I want to wish you a happy birthday. And I'll, and I can go on and, and say anything that Mike tells me that I need to add to this birthday wish. I could do it on cameo. So cameo.com slash Granger Smith. Another way to keep up with me is Yigi Nation. YigiNation.com. If you are the if you want to take your fandom to a, the next level, go to YigiNation.com. You could find out uh, how to get exclusive merch from us, exclusive discounts, um, early access to the Yigi Apparel launches, which could be huge if we start selling out of sizes. You get into my website before anyone else does. Only you and the other Yee Nation members. Uh, you get exclusive songs, and you get uh, access to Amber and I doing a, a big live Q&A. Once a month, we'll do an hour-long Q&A answering your questions right there live. So it's similar to this podcast, but it's live, and it's and you see a video chat. So these are two really good ways. Cameo.com and YeeGeeNation.com are great ways to continue at a personal level with me. Back to the podcast. I have another one for you here. I don't know how triggered this is going to be, Chad, but the title is Burnt Out by the Ministry for Pastor Chad. Hmm. It says, hey, Granger and Pastor Chad, my name is David. I'm 19 years old. I'm from North Carolina. Pause. 19. 19. That doesn't add up. 
burnt out. Okay. So a couple weeks ago, I emailed Granger about uh, his thoughts on gospel music. Well, I have a question for Pastor Chad now relating to the ministry. My question is this. What do you do when you feel burnt out by the ministry? I'm interning at a church in New Jersey for the summer, and God has really blessed me. I've learned a lot, and the church has blessed me a ton, but the church is in transition and searching for a new pastor. And with that comes a lot of stress from the congregation, staff, and myself. I have been here only for a month, and while it's been a blessing, I'm just burnt out. From constant negativity, questions we can't answer, and getting used to this new environment, it's been hard to stay positive and energized. Would love to hear back from you guys. Thanks for what you guys do. Yee yee. David. Oh, man. That's, it's a, uh, unfortunately, it's a pretty common scenario where people feel called into full-time vocational ministry, pastoral work, uh, ministerial work, and they they get to that point. It's sad that he's 19 and he's there, but unfortunately not surprising as well. I mean, it doesn't take long to get there. Yeah. And there's there are things that you have to hold on to as you respond to that call and you engage in that this kind of work, and that is remembering that God is the one that called you, and you work for Him. Yeah. It's very easy to get caught up, whatever the structure of the church or the ministry or the organization is, to think that you, your primary report is to people and to their opinions and what they want from you. But just to always remember, God's the one that put you there, that you're his called shepherd or person in that position. And so you're beholden to him. And oftentimes, and we see this in the scripture, God puts on the heart or leads a leader to do something that's unpopular with the people, not unbiblical, but unpopular, and it's going to face resistance. But those people always are absolutely sure that it's God that they're following and that he's leading them. And so as much as they get pressure, and sadly, they are going to get a lot of pressure from people, they, they serve him, that he is the boss. He's who they work for. I'd also say it's important to have a network of support, friends outside of that direct totally. ministry experience. So I've got friends from other churches, other pastors, other ministries that aren't in my current church. And it's just refreshing to hear what the Lord's doing in their world, what they're wrestling with. And it's a place that I can decompress with them and I can work through challenges that I'm facing um, or frustrations that I have. And they're able to listen, say, yep, now get back in the game, stay in there. You got this. So having those kind of people outside of your immediate context is huge. sounds like he doesn't have a lot of that. Yeah, that can Um, be challenging. David, we could hit this from a couple different angles. Um, One being just the simple fact that it's a summer internship. That should be enough to energize you um, through this. Right. There's an end date. There's an end date. Yeah, it's temporal. And, and and you and and on one one hand you could go, hey, I'm learning. I'm learning the kind of people I don't really want to be around right now. You could say it in that way. Um, keeping in mind exactly what Chad said that God called you here for a reason. That reason could be so you see a a stagnant environment that you don't that you don't want to be in part of. It could be that he's showing you 
this is not your calling. <laughs> that too. He brought you here yeah. to experience this and you go, man, this isn't what I'm wired for. Yeah. The other angle I could take this from is this, this is typically this kind of thing is a leadership problem. It's, it's a trickle down problem. If they're changing leadership, it would explain even more why this is a trickle down problem. You're, if you're feeling, um, says burned out, constant negativity, questions we can't answer, getting used to this environment, hard to stay positive, energized. That's a, all that all that is trickling down from bad leadership, not bad people, bad leadership, and it's in transition. So that could, it could not even fall on anyone's one person's shoulders. Um, so you could learn from this and you can go, this is not how I, this is not how I would be leading and I'm not going to give in to negativity. I'm going to be the one that stays positive in the hallways and the office ways and, and outside on the sidewalk. When I see somebody, I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring that energy. I'm going to bring that light because that is up to you and you can be the one that does it. You don't have to fall into constant negativity questions. You can't answer what's wrong with saying we can't answer that right now. Mm-hmm. There's a positive way to not being able to answer questions. Man, David, I, I could relate this directly to me on tour. I could say, we see bands, and we see bands all the time that are just walking around with their head down, they're dragging their feet. We see crews, audio crews at big, massive festivals, and they're just walking around just mad. And, and I'm thinking, you're doing this for a living. You're, ma- you're making people smile for a living, traveling around hmm. in a tour bus, eating catering. You, ten years ago, this was your dream. Now you're mad and you're negative because it's hot or it's too windy or the rain might come at 3 o'clock or the, the, the people are getting outside the barricade and you, and you have to fix it or whatever the thousands of reasons humans will continually fall back to negativity when they don't have a leader that's keeping them energized. Mm-hmm. I'd also say one of my mentors told me in the ministry, there's a lot of stuff that you're going to do that wasn't what you imagined it to be. Like this isn't what I thought pastoral ministry was going to be, or there's just a lot of stuff you do. That's just not fun. And right. a lot of challenges, but he said, you have to set boundaries and ensure that you get to do a fair amount of what does energize you, what does fill your cup in the way that you're called, designed to serve, that kind of thing, uh, things that interest you and, and ensure that you protect that you get to do those things. And it allows you to navigate and endure the, the many things that aren't enjoyable. And I'm sure for you, man, there's probably a lot of stuff you got to do. That's just part of the business. It's yeah. just part of the music industry. It's not your favorite, and it can be a, a drag. But yeah. there's a you make sure that you get to do enough of what you do love: songwriting and being with fans and and yep. getting to deliver your music uh, to people and share that with people. That makes the rest of it okay. It's worth it. Absolutely, and and you could sum that up by saying, David, keep your gratefulness higher than your expectations. Hmm. You're expecting so much from this church, and you're not as grateful for the position. Just make yourself... It doesn't have to be a lot more grateful. You just be a little tiny bit more grateful than you expect out of the job. Gratefulness above expectations, and you're not going to feel that drag. You could relate that to any job. 
David, there's plenty of other jobs out there. You could switch to another profession and feel the same way in the same thing. Um, that being said, I don't, I can't relate to this particular job like Chad can, but I could say with almost certainty, no one gets into the ministry and goes, I'm looking to get in ministry because it's going to be fun. Yeah. It's not the first Uh, reason you would uh. say. So, um, that's, and that has to do with lower your expectations a bit, higher, higher the gratefulness. And, um, that's really good. You're going to be just fine. Gratefulness above expectations. Yeah. I don't know if you made that up, but that's brilliant. I didn't make it up, but I don't remember where I heard it, but I've used it for so long. That is really good. And and it could relate to we're playing a gig and we, we, when we used to be in the van and we would have to load in and sound check, and then we would get in the van and go to eat dinner, go to a hotel room and change clothes, come back to the venue. And we come back the parking lot. What does it look like? That's like the instant idea of how this night's going to go. Is it packed? Or there are like four cars there. So if you just keep your expectations low, like, man, it's Friday night. We're going to play a gig tonight. You know what? I don't even care who comes. Then when you roll up and there's 15 cars, you go, dude, 15 cars. Maybe they had five people in them each car. Hmm. This is going to be a pretty good night. But if you played there last year and there was 100 cars, and then you roll up this year after dinner and there's 50 cars, you were expecting a hundred or more, it's going to be a bad night. Hmm. You've lost the gratefulness of what the night is. Hmm. So thanks for the question, David. Good. Appreciate you, brother. Um, <laughs> we got some stuff. How about uh, football and peer pressure? Yeah, it's we're, football we're getting into the fall season. Peer Two pressure. days are probably starting. Yeah. Hey, Granger, I've listened to many of your podcasts and your songs. My favorite song of yours is America. Thank you, buddy. It says, I'm a, from a small town in Iowa. This is our second Iowa. Mm-hmm. Second Iowa. Uh, and I'm 13. I'm going into the eighth grade. At my school, sports is a huge thing. I've played football at my school for three years now. And this year, I've decided not to play football. It's just not my thing. But some of my friends really want to play. And I don't want to. How should I handle this? I love your advice. I'd really love you to help me out. Thanks in advance. I would like to remain anonymous. Well, how do I approach this? You're, you're, you're 13. So I can approach this in two ways. One, your buddy. Two, father figure. Mm-hmm. I might have the same answer with both. I would say if a lot of your friends... You say, some of my friends really want to play. If those are close friends of yours, I would follow them into football. Because you're risking separating yourself from that friend group. And football, I love football. I talked about it on the last podcast. And one of the reasons I love football is because it's not talent and skill based. It is camaraderie. It is mental toughness. It is show up and compete. It is, it is be available, be ready. And much less, like baseball is so much more skill and, mm-hmm. and right place, right time and, and patience. And football is, is um, 11 guys and they're going to put on helmets and 
we're going to get out there and try to win this game regardless. And it comes in all different shapes and sizes of people, you know, all different skill levels. So um, this is my first, my first bit, Sam. <laughs> Sorry. Why do I do that? Luckily, he's anonymous. <laughs> Why do I do that? My first bit to you, sir, is uh, follow your friends in there. Get, you're in eighth grade. Give it, give it one more year. That's what I would ask you. Give it one more year for your friends' sake so that you could be with them. It's not about starting. It's not, not about being a star. It's not, not about being a hero in the field. It's about going through August and September with these guys in Iowa I was just out in Iowa recently with a head football coach, actually. And I was such a cool, cool little stadium and green grass and just being a part of that, being a part of something that's bigger than you, that's greater than you, that's, that where you're contributing, not necessarily always on the field, but you're there contributing morally with your friends. You're, you're there to give them support and Unless you could replace all that I just said with something else in eighth grade, like maybe it's track or baseball or chess or math team. If you could replace it with that, do it. But if you can't and you're just going to do nothing, I would say follow your friends into football. Yeah, I have a lot of questions for Anonymous. Right. What kind of friends are these? Are these the kind of friends that you want to be like are they good friends or are they, <laughs> okay yeah are good they, question. you know a good peer group um this is obviously the dad and the pastor and me i'm not answering as a friend but whether you should or shouldn't i think a, a question that you probably want to answer is what do you want to be true of you in a year from now like in in terms of your relationship with these guys and these friends do you want a deeper uh friendship and there's no doubt if you go through something as challenging as a football season with a group of guys, the highs and the lows, everything that you have to traverse with them is going to draw you closer. There's something about you know, having to go through something difficult together yeah. that just forms bonds and friendships that can last a lifetime and develop character. And there's all kinds of benefits, even if it's hard. And the other question would be, why don't you want to? Is there something about or something you've had in, as an experience that that just you go, you know what, I don't want to have to work that hard. I don't want to go through two a days. I don't want to have to get hit. Or is there something more you know, severe that... Really good point. ...that's causing you to not want to do it? So I would just weigh, is it just a, uh, I wanted to have a free fall mm-hmm. and just kind of be in the stands and hang out with the ladies or I guess there's other guys that don't play football too, right? But um, what's the reason why you wouldn't? Really good point to listen to, Anonymous. What are you trading this for? Why are you deciding not to do it? Um, I promise you that when you do – first of all, let me say that the last three years, which have been fifth grade, sixth grade, and seventh grade, aren't going to be the same caliber of football as eighth grade football. That's going to be – it's going to be um, – different and you will be able to say one day i promise you in your job when your job gets hard and something you have a challenge you're gonna go you know what i remember standing out there in october in the cold rain standing ankle deep in mud in that field with my buddies this isn't that bad that was tough i'll you're gonna learn so many life lessons like that you get about 
about winning and losing and struggling and, and fighting through adversity and competition and challenges and overcoming them together as a group, that all these things you're going to learn. And once again, I got to say, this is not about talent and skill and fame and notoriety. Some very few kids get that. Um, but, but what you're really going to get out of football is this, this group and we're made as humans to be connected in a group. So I challenge you to, to rewind this podcast and listen to what Chad said and question your reasons as a, as a dad, as a pastor, we're going to question, why are you not wanting to play? Um, and this is, this is not what you wanted to hear in this podcast, probably, when you wrote in. This is not what you're expecting. You wanted yeah. us to say, bro, you go out there. Just do what, you know, do you, man. Be you, be you. Um, but I, I feel pretty serious about this. So, And I would say, too, that if there is something else that another reason why you shouldn't do it, and it's a good reason, then obviously we don't have that information. And we're going off of what you've indicated here. But... There's a few things that for my own son, who's 13 and looking at a fall season of sports, like I want, I want him to know that this is a season that will pass. He has very few opportunities to do this kind of stuff. I mean, the opportunities to play on a team sport and to, I mean, you've got probably only five more opportunities to do this. Yeah. And then once you get off, most people aren't going to be able to do this in college or in their adult life. So it's a unique season of life to take advantage of these kind of things. Also, we're training future men. We're not we're not raising boys, we're raising men and we need a generation of young men that can take the hill. That mm-hmm. can and that comes because they've decided to do hard things and they've survived them so and they've gotten good. better for it. So do hard things, anonymous. All right? So we need good. we need men like you to lead in the future. So do hard stuff. Make hard choices. And if you've ever said yes to any one of these buddies when they said, hey, are you going to play football? And you said yes, then you better do it because your word is your bond. <laughs> That's so good. What do you say? We have to we have to have men that can take the hill. What's yes, up? we need men that can take we the hill. We need men that can take the hill. Yes. I love that. I love that, man. And let me say one more time, Anonymous, um, let me just clarify. If you're saying you want to replace this with soccer, cool. Wrestling, great. Cross country, cool. It's not. This is not football specific. This is doing difficult things. Do hard things. You'll be better for it. Yeah, buddy. And when you do it in a group, even even better than that, right? Thank you for emailing. We got time. We have time, Chad. Sweet. I'm going to throw this over to you. We have military marriage is hard. We have relationship problems. We have feeling lost in a fog. Advice from a fan. Grief. Belief differences in relationship. You have advice from a fan? I think it was mis- misstated here. Okay. Advice to a fan. I'd love to hear their I, advice I, to you. I thought that. I, I read it. I need a lot of help. Yeah. Uh, let's jump into one of those relationship marriage ones. Which one do you want? You want the... Belief differences in a relationship, relationship problems, or military marriages is hard. Uh, belief differences. Okay. That sounds. Says, hey, Granger, I'd like to remain anonymous. You got it. <laughs> Says, I'm a strong Christian, but my boyfriend considers himself agnostic. 
He doesn't understand why God would let bad things happen to people and children, like cancer, starvation, etc. I never know what to say other than, that we, other than that we live in a fallen world with suffering and that this isn't our home and that life is so short comparatively to eternity. What would you say to a non-believer that says that they cannot believe in God who would let bad things happen to innocent people? What does scripture say? Also, what are your thoughts on marriage between a Christian and a non-Christian? What does the Bible say about that? I'm always praying for God to reveal himself to my boyfriend and for him to escape, to accept Jesus into his heart. Thanks for reading my email. This is loaded. We've gotten into this in the previous times I've been here at the, at the table with you in terms of why would God allow and what, what would we say to somebody Mm -hmm. who's struggling with a God that allows evil and bad things and suffering and Mm -hmm. cancer um, and I think, yeah, the, I mean, the answer remains the same. There, there certainly is, we live in a world that is very fallen and broken and there's a ton of pain and suffering. The reason why God allows that to take place is because he's a God of love and he is, uh, created a universe in which we are free creatures And in order for authentic love to occur, freedom has to exist, which also means we have the ability and the freedom to not love and to reject Mm -hmm. him and his ways. So there, that's usually where I start with when I'm talking to somebody who really gets upset about the idea of evil and a God that would allow it is I look at the ideals of love, which everyone, they enjoy that. They love the idea of freedom. But to realize that freedom necessitates both a good and a bad side. There's the freedom to do good and evil, and that is something that, that this world has because he is a God that of love and has created this world for that. Let me tie this to the last question real quick. Yeah. So I would say to this anonymous, I would say to your, to your question, and, and as Christians, we need to be armed with an answer of some sort. We can't just fumble our way to... I don't know. You're right. right. Maybe you're right. So to answer this, why does God, why did God create a world that has suffering? Basically is what you're saying. So I'd say to relate it to the last question, why did man create a game like football that allows suffering and pain and blood and hardship and loss and adversity and possible broken bones? Mm-hmm. Why did man why did we create a game like that, and why do we still play it? That sounds ridiculous. Oh, wait a minute. It's the same question. Because look what football does to young men. It creates men that could take the hill. Mm-hmm. It creates strength and bond and love and, and endurance and perseverance and patience Why do we go to a gym and work out to tear down our muscles to grow bigger ones? Mm. That everything in life revolves on this same principle, that it takes adversity or some kind of breakdown to then build back up. God created this world. He created us. Don't you think he kind of knew that? Mm -hmm. That if he, imagine a world of perfect bliss, what would that be like? It would be terrible, I think. I'm not talking about heaven. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about. I'm talking about this here, here and now. It, if it was just everything was just 
fine. I was reading a study or a story, I think it was back in the 90s, there was this um, experiment, I think it was in Arizona, called the Biosphere, or Biosphere 2. And scientists created this uh, environment that was completely closed in, and it had all of the different trees and plants and things like that. And they were doing an experiment to see if they could create the kind of the perfect environment free from mm. you know, pollution, that kind of thing, and, and what they could learn from it. The interesting thing, they found out about the trees in this biosphere. And it was that at, after a certain, after they would grow to a certain maturity, these trees that were full and lush and fruitful would fall over. Mm. And then some of them would just start to shrivel up and die. And they wow. were like, what's going on here? And it's because the trees lived in an atmosphere with zero adversity. There was no wind. And because there was no wind, their root systems were shallow and they didn't have to grow deep root systems. And so they were unstable and they fell. So it's That's interesting perfect. to learn that trees need adversity. They need the stress of wind and rain and snow, and it causes their roots to go deeper and deeper and stronger and stronger so that they can be mature and even more vibrant. That's an incredible analogy. That's perfect. We need wind to then send our root system deeper to stabilize us, and then we're more fruitful, and then we, we have more vibrant lives. That's that is the answer and, and people don't people think that's so hard to understand why god could introduce adversity or suffering into our lives mm-hmm. when if you look at every time that, that we go through a war in this country imagine world war ii we came together from that adversity we unified what after 9 11 the aftermath of 9 11 the flags, I still see the vision of all the flags mm-hmm. on everybody's porch and everyone coming together as one to help each other and make each other stronger. And it's those type of events help make us stronger. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to her next big question here. What are your thoughts on marriage between a Christian and a non-Christian? What does the Bible say about it? I'm always praying to God for God to reveal himself to my boyfriend. Uh this will be the last thing, and then we'll, we'll end the podcast. Yes, I have um, had this conversation with uh, a variety of couples through the years, and it is a. It let me is say, not let me advisable. say, Chad, Chad is Chad is you give marriage advice, uh, pre-marriage counseling, mm-hmm. so you're you're pretty equipped for this kind of. Yeah, thing. and one of the things that I do with a couple is I have them picture, let's say their their marriage is wildly successful they have this long happy marriage and i have them separately imagine who's around them let's say when they're 90 and their marriage they've they've been married maybe 70 years and and when they close their eyes and picture who's there what are the people experiencing that are there uh yeah what's the size of the people what 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 does life look like Mm. in that picture and it's interesting that how often couples that are both believers have a similar vision. The picture's the same, which means as they decide things about and priorities about their life that's going to lead to that ultimate successful picture, 
they're going to be making decisions with the same sense of priority and they're going to have the same priorities. And, um, but if, if a couple has a different picture of what success in marriage looks like, that's going to be extremely challenging to begin a marriage that's going two different directions. And so when it comes to kids, how are we going to discipline our kids? Are we going to go to church? What does it look like if mom's heading to church, but dad's staying home and watching football on Sunday? What those types of things have an impact. Not that it can't be successful, but the odds are stacked against statistically. If a, it's not the mother that goes to church that affects the kids. It's the father. And a father that does not go to church, 80% of those kids will not go to church when they grow up. Yeah. Regardless of what the mother does. It's leadership, right? Yeah. It's a leadership issue in that regard. And so, yeah, uh, other things come into play, how, how you spend money, prioritize spending, um, how you make decisions about um, career and whose career. And, and all these, these are all emanating out of two distinct worldviews. Mm. A Christian worldview says, I believe that God exists, that he's ultimately good, and that he orders my days. A non-Christian worldview thinks that I'm I'm in charge of things here, and if it's going to be, it's up to me. And so there's different hopes and dreams um, and different standards, and so it's extremely challenging. Yeah. It's very difficult. Anonymous, dump him. Or we'll be praying for him. That's the pastoral response, right? <laughs> we'll be praying. I like to say that on this podcast. Dump, dump. him. <laughs> uh, yeah. I may or may not be serious, but thank you for the email. This is... Again, uh, this, we're around a campfire. It's a just camp- a couple yeah. of buddies. Remember, we can just say, things. You just say things. <laughs> we're buddies here. I'm not on a platform. We're on the same page. Um, thank you, guys. Chad, love you, brother. You're awesome. We are. Uh, this is episode 97. We're still planning on the, the getting together with several of us yeah. on, on number 100. So we'll 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 talk about that. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for all the different platforms that you're listening and watching. Thank you. We love you. We'll see you. Yee-yee. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel. Hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any. I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee yee.